What's up, guys, and welcome to the Route Runners Podcast. I'm your host, Jared. I'm Shrieker. And I'm James. Yeah, so I'm going to be taking over the host job for right now, uh, just trying to change up a little bit. So we had a pretty interesting week of football, some good games. Um, a weird week in fantasy, especially. There were a lot of low-scoring games. Like, James had the highest score in our fantasy league at 125 in a full PPR league. Yep, which, 126. 126, which... Usually there's a couple 135s, 140s in there. So, And speaking of fantasy, I'd like to formally congratulate Streaker on getting his first win of the season. You know, uh, <laughs> if we could insert We Are the Champions into this uh, podcast, we would, but I don't think we still know how to do that exactly. It's me again. Yeah, we're not a fantasy show, so we'll just touch on this briefly. But he's had a rough year with between injuries and, yeah, bad trades especially – uh, given up on players too quickly. Um, I also got my third win of the season. I've had a, pretty much the same exact kind of issues. Uh, James is 7-2, and two, so he doesn't have to talk about his problems in fantasy. But, um, yeah, so uh, enough of that. We'll we'll get to real football now. Uh, Thursday night, um, the Colts with a 45-30 to 30 victory over the Jets. Um, Nav, or, or, sorry. Shrieker, what are your thoughts on that one? I think the Colts are just they're back, you know. They had a little they had a little issues going on going in the beginning because new QB, new system, but the connection between Carson Wentz and Frank Wright hasn't been stronger ha- hasn't been stronger than ever. I mean, right now this is this is one you would buy high for or buy high for the Colts because they're winning, they're winning big. Their running game is elite. I think Jonathan Taylor is easily a top three running back in the league right now. Top three? He's, he's up there. Top, well, top three. Like in when terms it, of like – In, in, in yards. Oh, in, in terms yards. of stats. No, no, oh. yeah, yeah. Not in like skill. Oh, oh, like in oh, yards oh. This year. Yeah, I, yeah, I, yeah, I think so. I think right now too with all the injuries, but you never know. It's definitely. Yeah, he's controversial. Borderline top three. Yeah, he's very good. Fringe top three. Top five, but not five or four. Yeah. So – I think, you know, I think the connection between the wide receiver core, I mean, early on I never really trusted that uh these wide receivers in Indianapolis because looking at looking at them on paper, Zach Pascal, Michael Pittman, TY Hilton, really they don't really scare me at all, but it really seems like they still can do a lot of damage to opposing defenses. Maybe the, it was just the Jets, but who knows? They they can really uh Show a lot of teams going forward. You know, they uh, they're one team they they shouldn't mess with. Yeah, it's not like the Jets played bad though. They still put up thirty points with Mike White out, and they had to start Josh Johnson, who actually didn't have a terrible game. But yeah, I don't know. I was I was kind of hurt to see Mike White gone. Obviously, he's going to be back next game, so that's going to be fun. Because uh, obviously, who hates Mike White at this point? Like he's a yeah. god. But yeah, Jonathan Taylor is just too good. Uh, I I love the guy. So either way, I was happy to watch this game. Um, a very high-scoring game. I think I predicted that very wrong because I said it was going to be low-scoring. and I thought so, too. I messed that up. Early on, it was low-scoring, but... Uh, yeah. Uh, I mean, Elijah Moore really stepped up this game, which is weird to see because I never thought I'd say that this season. I thought it would be more of Jameson Crowder, but hey, it's good to see Elijah Moore getting that shit going. And again, as for the Colts, it, Jonathan Taylor is amazing. That's that's really all I have to say about that is just Jonathan Taylor. He's, he's the Colts. 
Yeah, I, I like the Colts. I've been saying it for a while. I think the Colts are one of the better teams in football, and not a lot of people are really talking about them. And, again, I know that this is the Jets, but they did all that they needed. The Jets had a lot of garbage time yards and points, so I think that the Colts are going to be here to stay. I think that we may see the Colts in that seven seed in the playoffs. The AFC is going to be tough to get into, uh, into the playoffs, obviously, but I really like the Colts going forward. Uh, all right, so let's get this out of the way quickly. The Ravens with a 34-31 to 31 victory over the Minnesota Vikings. Um, I was kind of happy about this. Honestly, this game could not have finished any better for me because I want the Vikings to lose because I want Mike Zimmer gone. Everyone knows that by now. And the Vikings on the road played really well, I think, against the Baltimore Ravens, who are one of the best teams in football. Now, they gave up over 200 yards on the ground. That happens, I guess. Um, the Ravens are just a really good football team. They are getting Rashad Bateman involved a lot more in this offense now, which is going to be really good for them. They also have Marquise Brown, who's having easily the best season of his career so far. Um, it doesn't seem like they are really missing J.K. Dobbins all that much. And, I mean, the defense didn't play all that great in this game, Dob- uh, whatever. Like, But I still think the Baltimore is really good. In terms of the Vikings, again, this was pretty much a solid. This is a really good game for the Vikings. Kirk played really well on the road, which usually he doesn't. He usually plays really bad against teams that are above 500, and he had a really good stat line in this game. I mean, he didn't like particularly. It was more of a Dalvin Cook game on the ground because it, Dalvin Cook was the first 100-yard rusher against the Ravens, I think, since 2019, which is kind of nuts. Um, yeah, I mean, Kirk did not turn the ball over, which he hasn't been doing a lot of this year. 17 of 28 passing, 187 yards, and two scores. I definitely think that Jefferson and Thielen need to get the ball more. I've been saying that for a while. And that just goes back to the play calling of your best players aren't getting the football, which is always going to be a problem as long as Mike Zimmer is the coach because there's hardly ever a game where Jefferson and Thielen both have like eight-plus targets. And this obviously was not one of them, but I, I was pretty encouraged by the way that the Vikings played with a shitty coach, really bad play calling, a bunch of third downs that would just end up going to Tyler Conklin or CJ Ham, and it just pisses me off at this point. But I mean, what more can you ask for on the road against the Ravens when you take them pretty much to the final seconds? I mean, I, I'm, I'm as a Vikings fan, I'm taking it. I mean, I enjoyed watching this game. I predict this game to be my game of the week, and I think it was a good candidate for that. I don't. Know. I mean, it went into overtime. Any OT game is usually good for that. Um, oh yeah, it's, sorry to cut you off, but in terms of <laughs> in terms of overtime, uh, the Vikings have now been in three overtime games, and the Ravens have also now been in three overtime games. It's week nine, and both of their teams have had buys, meaning that in almost half of the games that both of those teams play, they're going to overtime, which is. Which stressful. Is, which is – it's very fun to watch as a Vikings fan, and it makes me really excited every week to watch this team just lose. The Vikings are 1-2 and two in those overtime games, and the uh, uh, Ravens are 2-1. and one. Yeah. Uh, I, I was very disappointed to see Justin Jefferson only get three receptions. That kind of hurt me a little bit. But, I mean, these none of these – either of these teams didn't play bad. So, uh, there's, I really don't have anything, like, negative to say about this game. Uh, I really just have to compliment Lamar Jackson. I mean – 120 rushing yards and 266 passing yards. Like, that's pretty impressive for a quarterback. And Dalvin Cook also had over 100 rushing yards. Like, I don't know. Both teams played really well. It's just the Ravens were the better team this game. And they played in Baltimore, so it kind of helped them. But, yeah, there's nothing really bad I'd take away from this game. So, good job, both teams. And especially the Vikings with the rookie getting that kick return touchdown. That was that shocked me a little bit. So Yeah, I just want to say 
beware NFL because Lamar's coming for each and every one of you. I mean, relax. <laughs> relax. I mean, it's not even a hot take anymore. It's nah, it's the not. Ravens aren't the team you want to play when they're going down two possessions. I mean, looking at that team, they got, I think, a, de- a really scary threat now that Rashad Bateman's in there. I've always. It's your boy. Jared and James, no, I've been a real big fan of Rashad Bateman, and he was injured the whole season, but he's coming back. He's slowly, he's eaten up a lot of targets from Marquise Brown and Mark Andrews, and he really is, he looks like he's a, he could take up the wide receiver one eventually this season, I feel. That's a hot take. But he, it's, that's once again another reason why Lamar feels more comfortable in the passing game where he can stay and make those big throws. While also, he can also scramble, too, because he's not going to let go of that scrambling ability. Yeah, I mean, Lamar Jackson even rushed for 120 yards, which is insane. And once again, a reason why you have to ask why Mike Zimmer is even the head coach after that. But I ask myself that question about every five minutes. So <laughs> every but five minutes. Lamar, like going into this game, the Vikings should have thought Lamar is going to already be – He's probably, we're going to try pressuring him as much. Get him out of the pocket, try scrambling him, and try to force him to fumble or uh, push him back. But really, it was the opposite way where Lamar had all the time in the world. He was able to throw the ball up. He was able to make the uh, quick decision plays, scramble out of the pocket, run for 10-plus yards. And that defense was also solid, even though they gave up 31 31 points. But really, I think this was a really – this was a – in a way, a trap game for the Ravens because oh yeah they sure. they have lots of goals and aspirations of making the Super Bowl and this could have really been a game that stopped them in that in their tracks because one big loss for them easily could just bring them down in the AFC playoff chart. So, prop, props to the Ravens. Uh, hopefully, the Vikings can step up from this. The only problem with the Vikings now is with the bad records comes a really good draft pick. So, and you have a and like they have a win now type of roster. So. What where where do you go from here? Corner, corner offensive line. That's but, that's right. Do you think they'll fall in, in like the twenties though? A good corner because I feel like they'll be gone. Probably. Out. I don't know. Well, actually, probably not because this year's be draft strong. is not great. Yeah, this year's draft's kind of weak. We'll see. I mean, right. there, there's Offens- a lot of time. Offensively, the draft is. All, all I know is there's the Florida cornerback, and then there's there's the, Derek Stingley for Derek Stingley. Yeah, go top. The Vikings won't yeah. get Derek Stingley. Yeah, I don't um, know. We'll. I don't. Yeah, probably gonna I don't know. Go safety enough. too. Yeah, that could happen. I don't know. You can get Jaquan Brisker. <laughs> That'd be awesome. Jaquan Brisker. Honestly. All right. Yeah. Uh, does anyone have anything to say about the Dolphins and Texans game? Because no. Okay. Oh, I, really I just want to say this might be contender for mo- the boring game of the season. Most boring game of the season. Yeah. I, I mean, agree. I'm not going to remember that this game even happened about two weeks ago. So let's just. Like, do Dolphins fans I even care about this game? Yeah. Do Dolphins fans? Uh, no, because like, Tua didn't even yeah, play. So. so. Like, yeah, all right. So let's just yeah, it's, yeah. let's go past that. So this is one of the biggest shockers of the week, and this was a week that there were kind of a lot of upsets around the NFL. A lot of this was kind of the week of the underdogs. But the Denver Broncos, with a thirty to sixteen win over the Dallas Cowboys, uh, James, what did you think about this game? What what happened to Dallas? What happened is they just forgot they were a football team. So I don't know. Obviously, this was my lock, and I was pretty confident about it. But oh yeah, look how look how that turned out. It was so fun. So I, I went 0 for 2 this week, but we'll talk about my upset Oh, later. same. So, yeah, the Dallas defense, their whole team just fell apart. I don't know. I have no confidence in Trayvon Diggs as a, a startable corner anymore because he just got burned and he gave up too many penalties. Um, I don't know. 
the, the whole Dallas team played really bad, if I'm being honest here. It, I have nothing positive to say about the Dallas team. The Broncos, on the other hand, I mean, if the, if the Dallas defense is giving up 111 yards to Javante Williams and you know something's wrong, yeah, Javante is really good, but he he's also good. the backup, and he also gave up – they gave up almost 200 rushing yards total between Melvin Gordon and Javante Williams. So, like, how? I don't know. I, I'm just – I'm very negative on the Cowboys right now. Obviously, I still think they're going to win the division. I still think they're playoff bound. I think this is just one of those – I, I, I can't even say you have to brush off this game because they just played like shit. So, like, I don't think you need to brush this off. You need to, like, look at what happened. I, like, I don't know. I'm I'm not panicking on the Cowboys because the division is pretty bad. But the Giants and Eagles could make a push. Who knows? Especially after this, like, who knows what the Cowboys are capable of. I'd also like to mention the Broncos are 5-4, and four, which I didn't even know. So, they're still a pretty good team. So, uh, we'll see what happens from here. But I'm disappointed in the Cowboys. I don't know. I don't really take this as a big of a loss as people are saying. I know that they lost by 14 and that a lot of it came in garbage time, but there were a lot of misplays that Dallas missed. Amari Cooper dropped what would have probably been a 50-yard touchdown, and they just barely like mis-executed on plays that were so close to being huge plays for C.D. Lamb. And like I said, Amari Cooper, Dalton Schultz even had one too. Zeke didn't have a great game. Uh, Javante Williams ran wild. And Melvin Gordon, I think both of those guys, I think that's one of the better one-two running back duos in, that we've seen in a while. And like I said, everyone just has a bad game at some point. And this was Dallas's. They Dallas does not have a bad game at all this season. They honestly, in terms of like all the games that they've played, they may have been, they, they've kept it close with every game that they've played, which is very impressive to do. And Dak hasn't Dak didn't practice for two and a half weeks. He's gonna look a little rusty, which obviously he did. I think Dallas is gonna be fine, but yeah, I just think that Denver called Dallas on a bad day, personally. Uh I just want to start off by saying keep sleeping on keep sleeping on the, my hot takes because they're gonna keep coming up correct. Because I in a way Oh yeah, I'm, you picked Denver. I'm happy that uh my hot take of Denver beating the Cowboys was correct, but at the same time I'm confused because Denver really didn't look like they wanted to win this game either. I mean, it looks like they like after this team after this win, I'm not really too confident about that wide receiver core still because I thought, you know, maybe if like Denver's actually uh, making defensive stops and like Teddy Bridgewater's like maybe the, he's going to be confident in the pot in the pocket and actually throw the ball a lot. He the wide receiver or the one wide receiver with the most yards this week was uh for the Broncos was Tim Patrick with four eighty five in the tutty. So I mean, really their their whole offense just involved their running game and I don't know how consistent that offense can be moving forward with just the running game only because Cortland Sutton again was silent with one catch for nine yards and Jerry Judy had a solid game from six for sixty nine, but he didn't step up into that confident immediate wide receiver one role where you can be like He's the guy to, uh, I can trust deep in the pocket, need a catch. I can trust him again. I mean, really, I just I just don't see why this offense should be trusted. And I think once, as James and Jared said, like Cowboys just slipped up. This was their week where they slipped up offensively because when you have that many stars on that team, you just – some of the – there's always – there's going to be that one week where they just don't prepare enough for it. And I think they kind of – 
underprepared and didn't think that the Broncos were actually serious threats of winning, and they got fooled. All right, moving on to the Browns and Bengals game. This one was kind of a, kind of a shock with a forty-one to sixteen uh, victory for the Browns. Uh, Shrieker, you called this one as as an upset when you said game of the week for the Browns and Bengals, and uh, I kind of agreed, and we were both right. So what what happened in this one? Keep sleeping on me, and see what we'll see what happens. I mean, Joe Burrow was uh, as Jared. I mean, I have to give props to Jared. Jared called the uh, Bengals on their BS the whole time and said they're not real threats. And it, it really is showing because as as much as that explosive on, offense may seem like it's explosive, it really is depleting in its uh, explosiveness, I guess, really, because I think everyone's kind of finding out this offense and really just exploiting it at this point because they know, at, uh, they know Joe really is just going to try to throw it to Jamar, and so they've put uh, Jamar in double coverage or and that may that might mean like maybe T Higgins might have a big big yard gain or Tyler Boyd might have a good catch but at the end of the day that offense isn't moving forward and when they get to the ends into the red zone area they really just fall fall upon themselves I mean that that they just look clumsy out there I mean Joe Burrow with that immediate that throw to Jamar Chase ending in a pick six all the way that was just like, what are you doing, my guy? Like, how did how does how does a team that has dreams of oh yeah we're gonna be we're we're gonna be threats in the playoffs go like this end up like this forty one to sixteen? I mean, they're on a two two game losing streak, and their next game is the Raiders, which is easily gonna be another tough matchup. But Joe Burrow with another not confident game with two eighty two and two picks. And really, Joe, at least Joe Joe Mixon is the only consistent piece because, or not? That's, no, I'm that's not, weird no, to no, hear. No, no, no not you're right. Yeah. I mean, Mixon's the only consistent uh, person. I mean, T. Bengals. Higgins has also been pretty consistent with like 60 plus yards each game. Yeah, but I think also you have to realize like we were all fooled by that defense. We actually thought that Chicago, that Cincinnati Bengals defense was actually something that's consistent, and we we were all fooled again because. They they are just the Bengals of old day because that's just or I don't know what I'm, why I'm, I'm just rambling on but yeah. it's just it just did not look like a good team out there when Zach Taylor tried I'm rambling on again it it just did not look like a good day for the Bengals yeah I mean Jamar Chase even though he kind of come back down to earth over the last couple of weeks he's still on pace for fourteen hundred eighty four yards and. 12 touchdowns. So he's going to break – he's probably going to end up breaking Jefferson's records anyway. I just also want to add I'm also not fooled uh, of Baker. Don't believe – I still don't believe any of Baker's antics. He only threw the ball for 21 times and only made 14 catches – or 14 throws. Yeah. That's 66% completion. And really – and none of that receiving core was good at all. I mean, Donovan Peoples-Jones was just a chuck-up bomb. For a for a big tutty, but everyone else wasn't really that great. I mean, no one really stepped up and like in the or it's not even no one has stepped up. He just doesn't want to throw the ball. He's he really just relies on Nick Chubb and that running game. And really, if that running game fails come playoff time, it's game over because I don't think Baker is confident where he can take the ball into his own hands and he can and like he can rely on himself to make the big time plays for that Browns offense. Uh, yeah, I don't think 
Baker is anything special either. Um, I like. I think both these teams are really good. I don't. I just the Browns outplayed the Bengals. Like, I don't know, I'm panicking on the Bengals a little bit, but I still feel like they can they can bounce back at some point. Like, I don't know. I, I may be the one with the hot takes because Shriekers are all hitting, and then there's mine. It's like, oh, the Cowboys are gonna blow out the Broncos, and <laughs> boom, look what happened. Like, I don't know. Um, I don't know. Looking at their schedule, let's see their schedule. They actually have a pretty tough schedule, so I th- you never know. I I think I may have put said they were a contender last episode, but yeah, I may have to take that back because looking at the schedule, it's pretty tough. Yeah. So I don't know about the Bengals. Like I can see like two, three wins out of that, but is that enough to make the playoffs? Probably not, especially when you got the Ravens there. Yeah, I don't know. I don't think the Browns are anything special though, or like not yet at least. I think the release of OBJ is was good for them because Baker always plays better without OBJ. And I think. But. I think they're going to be like last year's Titans team where they might be able to uh, potentially upset a team early, like in the first, in the wild card game, maybe. Titans from two years ago, yeah. Yeah. Against then, the Chiefs? No, the, that was like the, uh, the Ravens, Ravens when they beat the Ravens yeah. and, oh, the, and the Patriots. And the Pats, yeah. yeah, but I just think whoever they get to the second round, their second round team is just going to steamroll past them. I mean, I think either of this team, those, who, these teams, is going to be like the. Yeah, which, one, which one of these teams would you bet on winning a playoff game? Because I know my answer. Bengals Browns. or Browns? Bro, I'd say Browns. Yeah, between the Bengals and Browns. I think the Browns would I, – I, I, I would, like, if there's, like, the first round is, like, say one of these two teams have to go in Tennessee, I'd much rather bet on the Browns than the Titans. Oh, I would too. Or I'd much rather bet on the Browns than the Bengals. Yeah. I, tr- I trust Nick Chubb. I think the I think the Bengals are not frauds, but I think that they're first round – or they're like first half of the season kind of like darlings, and they're just gonna start filtering. I, I think if it's a against a team that may be like if it, it's like against the Chiefs per se, where it's gonna head into a shootout, Browns are gonna lose once again. Yeah, that I agree with. If it's a team that's kind of more balanced offense, like the Chargers, I think they could easily beat them. That's fair. Yeah. I think if they get Kareem Hunt back, they can establish that offense better because yeah. yeah, like like I forgot who said it, but they or it, Shrieker was saying how they just like kind of relied on Nick Chubb. And once Kareem Hunt's there, that's someone else they can just rely on. Yeah. So. All right. So moving on to the Giants and the Raiders game. The Giants win this one at home 23-16. to 16. Uh, I'm more and more confident in Daniel Jones every week, if I'm being dead honest. I think he's actually pretty good. I also think Derek Carr is pretty good. Uh, but obviously they lose this one. It's been a real shit week for the Raiders. James, are you concerned about the Raiders at all? I would say the loss of Henry Ruggs concerns me, but he really didn't do jack shit, and they just signed Deshaun Jackson, so they kind of just like took over his spot. Yeah. So. Um, concerned for the Raiders? That's 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 a tough question because yeah, they just lost to the the Giants, but like, ah, they they have good like spurs of good football, and like it's just it's tough to judge this. Yeah, team. they're they're really up and down. Yeah, and but they play the Chiefs next week, so like I think they. I hate that's, to say it, but I think they could win that game. That's going to be a good game. I think they can win that game. So, I don't know. I, that could be a bounce-back game that they need. Uh, as for the Giants, though, they, it looks like they don't even need Saquon because Devontae Booker just kind of went off for 99 yards. So, now it's like – I don't know what to think. Like, I'm not great at judging teams. I know, I know it's like week nine. But, I don't know. For me, it's just hard to judge these teams. Like, I don't think the Raiders can make the playoffs with the competition they have to face. Neither do I think the Giants will. And if they somehow do miraculously the Raiders, they're going to be a first-round exit. Because, I yeah. mean, if you yeah, if you throw – like, Derek Carr is a good QB, but I don't think he's ready for those playoff games. And they have an injury-prone Josh Jacobs. Like, 
Uh, I think they and they also have Darren Waller who's going to get double covered. And then what they throw to Hunter Renfro like they just uh, this team is not really like built for late game heroics or just playoff matchups. So I don't know. Uh, I'm kind of down on the Raiders after this game. I'm gonna I'm gonna go against what Jared said and I'm gonna say Daniel Jones had actually a subpar game because he looking at the stats sheet here he only had 110 yards with one touchdown. And twenty throws, which yeah, is pretty bad. That makes Baker Mayfield looks like look like Patrick Mahomes, but that running game really just ran over the team. And I would say the reason why they won is just because of Derek Carr's uh, costly turnovers. Because one of them got returned for his pick six, right? Yep. I feel if that didn't happen, I think Raiders really could have went on that momentum and probably could have won this game. Because on paper, Derek Carr had a solid game. Josh Jacobs had a solid game, thir- 76 yards on 13 carries. It's pretty pretty good. Darren Waller actually looked like him, his old self with 92 yards. And if you look on that Giants side, it was really just Devontae Booker had a, a stellar game because that whole wide receiver core for the Giants really was just lackluster once again. So really, I'm, I'm putting the blame on Derek Carr here with, with those two costly interceptions, I think. I, I really the the Raiders are as James said they're a really inconsistent team where they'll just they'll get, have a big upset one week and then lose to like a a team like the Giants the next week but I think at at least like because of their early early season wins at and standing at five and three I still think they're like a threat in the playoffs or just getting into the th- playoffs or they could be like a spoiler team at the end of the season where they can not one team out of playoff contention. Yeah, I can I can definitely see the Raiders making it. I think that there's definitely a good chance of that happening. All right, and uh, well, this will make Shrieker happy. The Falcons get their fourth win of the year. Rise up, baby, rise up. They get their fourth win of the year uh, on the road against the Saints. I did not see this coming at all. Um, I don't really know if anyone in this room really did, but, yeah, here we are. The Falcons are sitting at 4-4. Four and four. I called the Saints contenders last week, and Shrieker's team kind of just totally – led that to be wrong. So uh, talk about your Falcons. What happened? I think Matt Ryan is showing that he's still a top 10 QB in the league. Okay, relax. <laughs> and relax. Do I have to pull up the stats here? I mean, I think so at that with that claim. Okay, well. Is James Winston still an MVP candidate? <laughs> I mean, look. okay, looking at uh, – if we can just look at Matt Ryan this these past couple of weeks, he's had – 300 yards, 243 yards, 283 yards, 342, 336, uh, 343. And he's also dropped four touchdowns, two, two, one, two. So I think early on, the biggest problem for us was the O-line, and Matt Ryan was getting sacked left and right. And he still is getting sacked left and right. But Matt Ryan is showing he can adapt, and Arthur Smith can adapt too because he's allowed for a creative use of plays to – Help, help him, and it, and to benefit that you have the one uh, weapon X in Cordero Patterson, baby. I mean, who would have thought this man would be the Swiss Army knife this season with cast catching the ball and passing the ball? The Saints stopped the whole run game for the Falcons this this week, and it really looked like the Saints were going to take the game. But Cordero is just something else. He's he I don't know how he revitalized his career, but. Him and Matt Ryan have created such a great chemistry where he's, in a way now, he is the wide receiver one. And it, it is baffling. Without Ridley, yeah. Yeah, it is baffling. But 
I'll take it because like he is just insane. And he he really is keeping us in games. Matt, Mike Davis, on the other hand, he's trying I think he was playing for the Saints this week because <laughs> he was trying everything in his possible in his possible uh way to stop us from getting this win. And this and like really like as uh everyone's calling it, we're obviously pretenders. We're not we're not a serious threat to anyone. The only reason why we're in games is because of our offense. And you can't forget the unicorn himself, Kyle Pitts, because he he's been he was explosive. They tried targeting targeting him in the red zone a lot, but he was easily getting just double covered and stuff. And they would block. They would like he was just getting bodied left and right. So I mean, over time he's probably gonna adapt to that and get better at that. But I'm I'm happy for him. He had a solid game. But one thing that is just so bad for us is our defense. I don't know what it is, but we just really can't stay in games with our defense because they just let teams just come inch inch by inch, slowly, slowly, slowly get back into the game. And it just it, it, it has been bothering me because you, I really cannot just look at a score where we're up two possessions be like, uh, I can just relax about this team, you know, go into and co- com- confidently say we got to win this week. Because... Oh, that feeling? What's that like? <laughs> yeah, no, I don't, I, thought... know what, I don't know what that is. Like yeah. white baby. <laughs> so, I'm going to add that in there. I thought I was like, oh boy, let's not pull a Vikings over here because yeah. they were just bad left. But really, okay, so I think we one player on the defense I will absolutely credit is AJ Terrell. Going into the after the draft, everyone was calling him one of the worst draft picks, one of the best, worst corners in the league because of yeah. So AJ Terrell got dusted by Jay Jettis or Jamar Chase and. It look it really looked like he was just going to be a really bad pick, and right now he is. It might be he might be the best corner in that draft class. Because it's him and Jeffrey Okuda in that first round. Damon Arnett. <laughs> yeah, not him anymore he, either. Yeah, he got really but good. he was able to. He had, he made some really clutch plays. He he stopped Marquise Callaway in a red zone, and he he stopped the two point conversion too. So I just want to give quick quick props to him. You guys. Yeah, I mean, I thought that the Saints were contenders last week. I just think that they're going to remain inconsistent. They may make the playoffs, and they could even win a game in the playoffs. I, I never know what I'm getting from the Saints every week. That's pretty much all I took from this game. Uh, again, I, like I said, they were pretenders, and with Trevor Simeon at QB, I can't see them making the playoffs. But it, this game kind of took me by surprise. I I honestly didn't think the Saints could win it with Trevor Simeon, and I guess I was right, but I kind of verbally didn't say that. Um, I don't know. Like, the Falcons don't have a terrible team. So, yeah, it was like, well, it was like a game I wasn't surprised about, but uh, it, from, like, the Saints' point of view, it's kind of weird. It's hard, it's hard to, like, make of this team, especially on offense now, because, like, yeah, you got Simeon at QB, but now you also have running back controversy with Kamara and Mark Ingram. But, like, Kamara was more of a receiving back anyways, so it kind of, like, if they utilize Kamara as a receiving back, they kind of just utilize Ingram as the, the power back. But I think Kamara is just too good for that. So it's kind of hard to tell. It's kind of hard to make of this Saints offense. If you got if you have Taysom Hill there, then that's also kind of a problem. So, the, yeah, the Saints offense is question. It sparks a lot of questions for me. And with the Falcons, like they're not a like they're not a terrible team. It's just they have some things to figure out. So. Especially with defense, which they can an- they can answer through the draft, but with four and four, I don't think they're gonna get that like one of the better defensive players. So we'll see. 
That's why we have our second round uh, pick because of the Julio trade, baby. There you go. You can get like a D tackle that won't play. <laughs> Kidding. We'll get we'll get Jaquan Bruce for Penn State. That would be awesome. All right, he should get drafted like in the first round. Yeah, or second. Moving on to another big shock of the week: the Jags with a nine to six win over the Bills. I don't know what the fuck happened because I was always I was thinking like, all right, this is just Buffalo's bad game, but I forgot that Buffalo had that really bad game in Week One against the Steelers. I don't know. I I couldn't tell you. I really don't. I don't know what the hell happened. I don't know why the Jags won this game. I have no idea. I think the Jags always have this this random game where they just beat a really good team every season. Last season, it was the first week where they beat the Phillip River Colts. But And I think everyone, I think the whole country thought the Colts are just going to steamroll through them. So it wasn't like uh, an upset alert or anything, but – I think no one in like that. No one thought the Bills were going to lose to the Jaguars, but here we are with the Bills losing six to nine to the Jaguars. But I think I don't. There really isn't any clear takeaways you can make from this because that Jaguars defense is still not something you could be like, wow, they're they're something to talk about because they still allowed two hundred sixty four uh, passing yards and uh, seventy two rushing yards. So that I mean. Still, they they were all right, but it was it was really just Josh Allen on the Jaguars' revenge game on the Bills' Josh Allen because clearly he had something against him as he had a pick and a sack against the guy. And Urban Meyer, I want I want to just put this out there. I was telling Jared this all all game long. I was saying, damn, I was so wrong about this pick because I was saying last episode that this was going to be the week where Urban Meyer gets fired and. This might have been the win that seals his job for this this season. Yeah, I'd say so. Uh, yeah, this is this is definitely a weird game. Like looking at the stat sheet, you would think that the like, Bills. Why? Why did it happen? Though? It, it, so it doesn't too? seem real. Like this game just doesn't <laughs> seem real. Like I, was, I agree. The Bills put up six fucking points, and they lost to the Jacksonville Jaguars, who were one and six, and put up nine. Like, like, like it doesn't seem like this game happened. But yeah, again, looking at the stat sheet, you would think the Bills won because they just like outpaced the Jags and everything. But like. I, it just doesn't make sense. It this is yeah, this is one of those games where it's just like like it just it mind boggles you. Like I I just I, I don't get it. It really just doesn't make sense. You'd think the Bills would steamroll like that you'd think they'd steamroll the Jaguars, but like it's this is very this is a confusing game to take away with. But are people figuring out this ja- uh this Bills offense? Is Brian Dabble actually becoming does he have to start switching things up because it clearly yeah. looks like that offense was just so bad out there. I, th- I think what just happened is that the Bills realized that they were playing the Jags and literally didn't practice. That's right. Yeah. That or they they were playing in Jacksonville and this, the heat got to them. I don't think that's <laughs> uh, You never know. Environment can matter. But right. no, I, I don't think the Bills have to change anything up. I think they're fine. Yeah. I, I still think that the Bills may be the best team in the AFC, personally. Hey, if Derrick Henry was on the Titans, I'd say the Titans, but. Sure, but he's not. No, he's not. So they. Although, not. if Derrick Henry's back for the playoffs, then yes, then yeah. But I, think, I mean, I think the Titans are the top team in the AFC, though. We'll see. We'll talk about the Titans in a few minutes, but uh, so let's go to New England with the uh, twenty-four to six, or actually, it was in Carolina. Let's go to Carolina with the twenty-four to six loss to the Patriots. Bill Belichick is coming in, and he is just having a really good season with this rookie quarterback and Mac Jones. I, the defense is playing out of their minds right now. And, uh, I mean, I'm concerned about Sam Darnold. I think that's for sure. I, I, James, you 
have any confidence in Sam Darnold with this Panthers uh, team going forward? Well, I thought it was the Jets that were that was the problem that was holding Sam Darnold back, but it clearly does not look like that. So it was yes, both. Yeah. So let's be fair. Well. I mean, well, yeah. I don't know. Uh, yeah, I'm I'm so I'm selling on Sam Darnold. I I don't trust him anymore. I don't know what happened. Even with McCaffrey back, like what is happening? He it, got used too. Exactly. Like it it doesn't make sense. I'm just um. Like, it's just another thing that doesn't feel real. You got DJ Moore, Robbie Anderson, Chris McCaffrey as weapons, and you're over here throwing three picks and only throwing for 172 yards. Like, it on just, 33 attempts, by the way. Yeah, like it just doesn't make sense. Two of two of the picks were in opposing territory. I'm pretty sure, and one of them was returned for pick six by JC Jackson. Yeah, so like it just it uh, JC Jackson also had two picks too. I think. Yeah, he did. Yeah, it's like this. Yeah, this game just didn't make sense to me either. Like, uh, I, I, the Patriots are a pretty good team, though. I'll give them that. Mac Jones is looking like a, a true starter, and he's just—I don't know. Like, I'm—I'm I'm sold on the the Panthers. I thought they could have been a super—not uh, Super Bowl team, never. Um, a playoff team because I thought Sam Darnold was actually gonna be a good QB, and you had a lot of weapons like McCaffrey, and their defense was looking up too, especially with the addition of Stephon Gilmore. But I mean, that's not panning out right now. But I mean, yeah, the Patriots are a good team. You got Bill Belichick. You had to go against Bill Belichick, who's arguably the best coach in football, maybe ever. Who knows? Yeah. So, it, it it it's a tough matchup. No matter what quarterback you're playing against on the Patriots, like they're gonna give you trouble. So, I don't know. Um, I'm not confident with Sam Darnold at all. He's had like eight, 18 bad games in a row. Like I'm just I'm sold on him. Yeah, I mean, you literally have every weapon at your disposal. Disposal, literally, because they do have a bad O line. I will I will give them that. That O line. Taylor Moten is. <laughs> I still think they're definitely top twenty though. That O line. I don't think it's bottom I guess. Bottom twelve. But or bottom sixteen. But I just think I mean, literally he they have everything. They have one of the greatest running backs of all time with Christian McCaffrey. And they have a, a they have a they have a stellar receiving core with DJ Moore, he, uh uh Robbie Anderson. And I don't know why I think maybe Robbie Anderson just told like uh Sam Darnold to like to like not come to Carolina or something because clearly Sam Darnold doesn't want to see Robbie Anderson at all. Robbie Anderson has literally been a ghost this whole time, and Rob, he's 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 such a great deep ball threat. Where if he was on a different team right now, he would be scoring left and right. And I think the Panthers are really just in a, such a tough spot because at the trade deadline they probably should have traded for QB, hope maybe Deshaun Jackson, Deshaun Watson. But maybe that's like a what if question we'll ask down the line. But they clearly trusted uh, Sam Darnold, and he's just not showing up as that QB one. They have they have literally everything. They have a solid defense to show for that too, because this for the past couple of rookie drafts they've literally just been stacking and building that defense up, and that defense is solid. If there's oh there's need a quarterback all along, and when they trade for a quarterback in Sam Darnold, they expected hopefully playoff uh playoff goals and they're not going to make that this year. They could be looking at the worst team in the NFC South. And they mm-hmm. were coming off they started the year off 3 and 0, I believe. Right? So it, it just shows you how quick things can turn because after that 3 and 0 start, they've won one and lost five. So I'll, I just want to ask you guys this. What do you guys think about that dirty call uh that dirty play by Mac Jones holding on to Brian? Yeah, Brian? fuck that. 
I don't yeah, like. He I, should be fine for that, honestly. He won't be because it's the Patriots. No, but well, like, yeah, that like that, he purposely did that. So. I, I just want to add too. We have to credit Bill Belichick once again because he clearly sh- saw that there's ha- there isn't a clear running back and one in the Patriots. Oh, it's amazing. And he decided to just use all three of them. Just whenever and like they're really good. Split up all three. I, of them. I they're really good. Yeah. I, our Jason, who we had on the podcast a couple of weeks ago put a bet on the Patriots to win the Super Bowl. Ooh. And it pained me inside, but it's honestly not terrible. Their schedule's really tough coming up. They got the Browns this week at home at Atlanta. I think they could probably win both those games. But then after that they got the Titans at Buffalo. Then they have a bye week in week 14, which sucks. But then they have at Indianapolis versus the Bills again. And then they end the year with the Jags and Dolphins. So I think that they're going to sneak into the playoffs, but it's going to be tough. But I still really like the Patriots moving forward. I think they got a really good team. Yeah, no, they going forward. I think also I agree with Jared. I think they really are a team no one wants to play just because of how uh, how unpredictable uh, of a threat each side of that team is, yeah. both offense and defense. <laughs> All right, moving on to Philadelphia. We have the Chargers and the Eagles uh, kicking off the four hundred five games. Uh, I didn't really learn much from this game. It's kind of just exactly what I expected, kind of high scoring. Uh, this was my game of the week, and it ended up being pretty entertaining. Um, yeah, the Chargers get the win here on the road, and Justin Herbert has three touchdowns, has hit his, his first really good game since the Browns game, but I didn't really learn a whole lot from this game. It was very good to see Devontae Smith involved for the Eagles, though. Uh, well, one thing I learned is that second half Keenan Allen is back. Because he had 12 for 104. Oh, so, baby. He, uh, second half, Keenan Allen, it, it's always a thing. Keenan Allen in the first half doesn't do great. In the second half, he always comes alive. So, I mean, it's concerning for Mike Williams because he just popped off the first couple weeks, or first, like, seven weeks, and he's kind of fell apart now. So, yeah, Keenan Allen starting to look – he looks like he's retaking that wide receiver one role, and he probably will because he's Keenan Allen, and he always pops off the second half. But, yeah, I didn't really learn much from this game. I was surprised Jalen Hurts didn't have more garbage time shit because he usually does, but – I also know Devontae Smith had over 100 receiving yards, which is kind of weird. Yeah, he had, he had his breakout game. Yeah, I'd say so. Yeah. Um, I don't think it'll happen again, but Devon, you never know. Devontae Smith and Elijah Moore this week. Didn't he have 100 yards against the Falcons? Devontae? Yeah, and he had a touchdown too. So. Uh, I will check that. Was that week yeah. one? Yeah. It was week one. Yeah. That was a bad game. I just, uh, can I talk? Yeah. So I just want to say, and this is going to be another one of my hot takes, but I don't think Jalen Hurts is the – QB for the future of the Philadelphia Eagles after this year. They have two potential top 10 picks this year, and I think they're going to swing true. for a quarterback because clearly I saw, I saw the whole game from start to finish, and they just did not look like a good team with Kurtz and the thing because Hurts, I think when Howie Roseman saw Hurts, he thought maybe, oh, we're going to get a Lamar Jackson type with a better arm because – of all the play he did at both Oklahoma and Alabama. Jared, do you have something to add here? No, I was just checking what you were saying before. Devontae Smith had 71 yards and a touchdown against the Falcons. That was his only other touchdown besides this week. Although, apparently he had 122 yards against Kansas City. I didn't even know that. I don't remember that. I don't remember. I forgot they played each other. But – yeah, I just don't. I just don't think Hertz is the right move, option moving uh, after this season or after a couple uh, next season either because he he just while he doesn't make reckless plays, he doesn't make good plays either. I mean that Devonte Smith touchdown was just there was 
I think Devontae Smith burned the nearest cornerback, so he just threw it up. And I think that D, that pass rush was just really bad for the Chargers this game. Their run defense was also really bad. So that whole I didn't realize how bad their run defense their was. Their D line was just atrocious this this week. And Are they still without Kenneth Murray? They might be. And I also don't trust and I also am kind of mad about how bad that that whole running game is either because now out of nowhere Jordan Howard is the best running back of that team because he's now leading the team with he's now leading the whole uh running back uh committee now with 17 carries which makes absolutely no sense because you just picked him off of practice squad or waivers and like now he's leading it right after Miles Sanders comes down I, it doesn't look like Nick Sirianni is really managing the team well this offense doesn't look that that comforting I mean the Chargers really just let the Eagles just steamroll through the running game, but it the Eagles had every right to win this game and win it big, and they just kept blowing each opportunity. I think Hertz is not a good QB, and as the season progresses, everyone the whole like countries or the whole NFL world will see how bad of a QB he is and just how average he is. He's he really doesn't make any playmaking ability plays where. He, or not playmaking, but like Brett taking plays where he, you're just like, wow, I wish he was on my team because other than his scrambling ability, what else can he do, really? I just don't see – I don't see what's so great about him. He's, I think he's like top five with throws on the run, but it, I mean, I guess that's helpful, but I feel like it's only in like the fourth quarter that that's, that matters for him. We'll see what's available in the offseason for the Eagles. I don't really know how much better they can get. And they also don't really have a win-now roster, so they may just leave it and, and see what they can get in the offseason. Yeah, uh, yeah, uh, like what you were saying with getting like drafting QB or Jalen Hurts not being the QB of the future. I think they have to target free agency because there's not many QBs that are great in this draft. So I, they could look in, in free agency. They could trade him for another QB, but uh, they have two first round picks. They yeah. can get Watson. They they could. That'd be awesome. They could also get a different. Like they can get Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> it's not gonna happen, but you never know. So I I, not... I highly doubt it. But. I mean, yeah, they're. they're... Rodgers would probably rather be in Green Bay than there, honestly. Yeah, no. I'm just saying, like, with the, with their two first-round picks and, like, Jalen Hurts having some value, they could get a, a good QB, so yeah, they could trade for one. Uh, All right, so moving on to San Francisco, the – I just car- want to add real quick. Yeah, go for it. So I, I just pulled up uh Jalen Hurts' stats here, and he is – his completion rate is so bad, even when he is get, uh, going off throwing-wise. Uh, if I can just just quickly skim through his uh, completion ratings, it's 52, 64, 66, 46, 52, 64, 64. Jesus. And that's, that's against really bad teams, really good teams. So really, what can you really base it off of? And this is going into week 10. So I think this is a easily a great sample size. Yeah. What, like, he's just not good. And this is against the Lions. He only had 103 passing yards. So. You could say, oh, the running game was the only thing they really relied on because that's the only thing they needed. But there really isn't anything you can just really be like, wow, that's just really good for him. Uh, yeah, all right. So uh, Arizona goes on the road and beats San Fran 31-17. to It was really good to see George Kittle back for the 49ers. But the Cardinals had no Kyler Murray, and it was not a problem. Colt McCoy came in, and James Conner also stepped in for Chase Evans. The Cardinals are now without their – Quarterback one, their running back one, and wide receiver one. We'll see what happens to Murray and Hopkins uh, going into next week. But Arizona had a huge win in this one on the road. 
man, I know Aaron Rodgers really want, would have liked to be on that Cardinals team where he knows if he even if he has he's out for a week with COVID or whatnot that he uh, that team can still rely uh, be win. trusted with a win or not be trusted, but like can still play hard enough where they can still try to get a win because. <laughs> That that Packer, if I could just quickly jump to the Packers, well, we'll talk to we'll talk about them later. But they're they're just like the other side of the coin. But back to the Cardinals, I just think, I think we're all we've all thought the Niners had a really great defense, and maybe we're just we, maybe our expectations have to be lowered a little bit because I don't think I don't think they're as great as what they seem like. Maybe it's that. Maybe it's just of all the injuries and now add on top of the injuries, Mike McGlinchey on that O-line. So who knows what happens to that running game after that. But uh, James Conner, he's shown once again how he's a running back one uh, on a team where he's just – he looks so – after watching that game, he looks so elusive. He was just cutting through different linebackers and defense defensive players where he was just making big-time plays for that team. And Colt McCoy was also making big time plays too. He was, I don't know how he was able to just control this offense out of nowhere, but it really looked like Cliff Kingsbury knew, uh, managed the game really well and knew, prepared for this game really well and had his players prepare really well too. Because going into this game, they had no D Hop and no Kyler Murray. And everyone probably thought, okay, this is an easy Niners win. Jimmy Garoppolo can take care of business. You have Kittle coming back. This is an easy win, and really, it's just what, like, what the hell, I, or I, not what the hell, but like, like what, like what, like this get. Oh yeah, the f- only person I'm blaming on this is Kyle Shanahan, <laughs> because Kyle Shanahan once again shows that in big time games, or he can still uh, mess it up because they had everyone on offense with George Kittle, Ayuk, and Samuel, and he that whole offense shit the bed. Same thing with the. Uh, that defense too. They didn't really make anything stellar either, but I think it was great to see Brandon Ayuk back. I think we're all glad to see him back in that offense. He had a great game, six for 89 with a tutty. And uh, I'm hoping the Niners defense can find some consistency going forward. Yeah. So my takes from this game were uh, like, it seems like the Cardinals don't even need Kyler Murray to be a good team. Oh, I I, I mean, eh, maybe, I don't know. It was kind of just more of they don't need Chase Edmonds to be a good team because James Conner clearly fit that RB1 role as soon as Chase Edmonds went down. Um, So uh, I think the Cardinals are – they're obviously a really good team. The Niners are not. So it, just put that into simple terms. But uh, it was weird, this game. Yeah, the Cardinals lost a lot of uh, starters, and they still ended up winning by a good amount. So – yeah, I don't know. It was it was just one of those games to me. I don't know. It wasn't. It didn't really like have any importance to me. But the Cardinals still have the best record in football after this. So, yeah. Props to Colt McCoy. God damn Colt McCoy. What is this league? <laughs> yeah, that's a great question. All yeah, right. So, all right. So moving on to Kansas City, where they have now won two games in a row uh, against the Giants and the Packers. That Aaron Rodgers, a thirteen-seven win for the Chiefs. To me, this just raises even more concern with Kansas City, only putting up 13 points. And, you know, their defense actually played all right against Jordan Love. However, two missed field goals by the Packers, and the Packers outgained the Chiefs in yards in the first half. 
this was honestly to me a lot more concerning about the Chiefs than concerned about Jordan Love. I'm not really concerned about Jordan Love at all at this point. The Packers drafted him for a reason. There's also a lot of time for Jordan Love to start getting used to everything with uh, the Chiefs. They just look, their offense looks, looks terrible every week. They can't move the ball, they can't get first downs. They're terrible on third downs this year. Uh, their receivers aren't getting open, and yeah, I'm concerned about Kansas City. I really am. Yeah, I mean, everyone knows that I've been concerned about Kansas City, their offense, for a while now, and I feel like it's starting to pay off. Um, I remember we put a poll out that asked if, if I panicked on Patrick Mahomes, and everyone said I did, but I don't know. I think I, it's coming true that I, I was I was right in that decision. So uh, one thing I think we're all su- still surprised about is why is – why is Patrick Mahomes' offense so, like – Great question. So, like, everyone knows – has Patrick Mahomes been found out? I mean, he – it doesn't really look like they're, like – the one thing that was so great about that Chiefs offense was how dynamic and how no one knew, like, what what, what type of play they were going to do next, where it could have been a 50-yard bomb to an end zone. It was so funny, this game. It was, like, so funny to me watching this game because – it was, I think, it it came down to the last to the fourth quarter, and Patrick Mahomes is playing against a rookie quarterback that hasn't seen a snap of the ball yet in the NFL. So, it and so it really just was so baffling how the Chiefs were still letting the Packers still in this game, even though the Packers had had scored two possessions. So I just think the the both Packers and Chiefs were just so bad this this week because of how much they just really uh, found out about themselves because the Chiefs found out this week that they're not – I don't think – I think this was also the week where I think the whole world finds out that they're not contenders this year. That might be a hot take. That might not. I don't think that's a hot take at all. Yeah. I don't either. And, like, every – and, like, going into next week where they play the 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 Raiders, the Raiders could actually be on upset watch here and – I think going into each week now, they could be looking at just a, a must-win game just to try to get sneak into the playoffs because I don't think that that defense is just so bad, but uh, it just looked good this week because they were against a QB that has never played in the NFL before, and I just think I just think they have to switch up something. I don't know what it is. Maybe they just need a dynamic running back, but something has to change quickly because it looks like everyone has found out how. Patrick Mahomes is so elite, and he's losing that power. He's losing his superpower. Yeah, uh, I, it's so weird to say that at the beginning of the year we would never have like bet against the Chiefs, it, but now like one of one of us will probably make that an upset pick: Raiders over Chiefs. Like that's just crazy to think about. But yeah, no, I'm completely off this Chiefs team. This it like they're bad. I I hate to say it, but they're just not great. Like I. I'm not worried about the Packers because they had Jordan Love at QB, so it's it's whatever. And they, they still almost beat the Chiefs with Jordan Love at QB, who his first NFL start. Like, yeah, I mean, it's concerning that Aaron Jones didn't. Uh, AJ Dillon kind of did better than Aaron Jones's game, but that's something we can look past. But yeah, uh, like the Packers could have easily won this game if Mason Crosby was not old ass, dumbass. But I don't know. Yeah, I'm I'm sold on this. I I have nothing to say. I'm just sold on this Chiefs team. Uh, I was high on Patrick Mahomes. I thought this team would be, be very fun and dynamic, like it has been in the past. But receivers aren't catching balls. The team isn't doing what they're supposed to do. They're giving up too many fucking points. Mahomes isn't. I mean, he's placing the ball. It's just yeah, the receivers can't catch it. Their running game is ass, even with Clyde. Like 
this Chiefs team just sucks. And it, I, I, I don't know what to say. I'm just, I'm off of it. I'm, I'm done trying to support them. It's just, not, it's not happening. All right, going to Sunday <laughs> Night Football, we got the Titans and the Rams. I was really shocked by this one, but Mike Vrabel continues to just shock the world. He's one of the best coaches in the NFL for the Tennessee Titans. The Titans lose Derrick Henry for probably at least till the probably the NFL playoffs, and they go in on the road against the LA Rams. This is my lock of the week, by the way. They go on the road against the LA Rams, and they end up winning this game pretty handily too. The Rams had a garbage time touchdown, but yeah, the Titans just absolutely dominated this game from start to finish. Their defense has starting been has starting to play really well. Kevin Byard's inter- uh, pick six was. Just such a good play. Jeffrey Simmons is a fucking animal on the defensive line, and this is just a great overall game by the Titans defense against one of the best offenses, if not the best offense in the league. Uh, What do you guys think about the Rams and the Titans here? I mean, I personally think the Titans are just really good. I think that it was just more uh, ended up being a bad game by the Rams. I I, that's what I personally think. Yeah, I mean, obviously going into this, I was very. Reluctant to say that the the Titans could do good without Derrick Henry, and I guess they kind of proved me wrong this game. I guess they don't need Derrick Henry to actually. I mean, obviously they still do, but this kind of caused the defense to kind of shake things up because they're always planning around Derrick Henry, but now they have to plan around everything else. But it's not even like Ryan Tannehill had a really good game. He only had 143 passing yards and only one touchdown with a pick. But like, like I think it was more of the defense that stepped up when they needed to. Like this, yeah, this Rams offense is very explosive. We know the Stafford to Cooper Cup connection is. Probably one of the best in the league. We know how McVay can coach and how he's he's a really good coach and how this Rams team is just really good. But, I mean, the Titans kind of – they didn't really expose him, but they kind of came in, in into L.A. nonetheless and beat the Rams, what, probably one of the top three teams in the league, which is – obviously, it, it was very surprising. No one – everyone kind of counted the, the Titans out, and now they're looking like true playoff contenders. And if they get Derrick Henry back, then – this is going to be a very dangerous team to look out for. But I still think the Rams are the better team. It was just kind of one of those off games. This is one they can look past. Obviously, the Titans are also a really good team, so it kind of it's it's an acceptable loss. So I, I, if I'm the Rams, I really don't look too much into it. And if I'm the Titans, then I'm celebrating big because you just beat one of the best teams in the NFL. And also, I'd like to mention, this has been a weird week for, like, just in general, meaning, like, the Titans lost Derrick Henry and they ended up winning. The Broncos traded Von Miller and they ended up winning. The, uh, the Jets lost Mike White and ended up only losing by 15. Yeah. Um, the Raiders lost Henry Ruggs and lost. The Falcons lost Calvin Ridley and ended up winning. Like, And if the if the, the Packers won, then boom, it lost Aaron Rodgers, would have beat the Chiefs. It, it was, the Cardinals also lost uh, Kyle Murray. Kyler, DeAndre, and, and they still won. It's yeah. just been a weird week like that. And this kind of just continued the trend. And I don't know. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a Titans guy. I like supporting them. So uh, it it was this was definitely a, a good matchup, but yeah, I mean, congrats to the Titans. You should just celebrate this week. Yeah, I mean, well, as James and Jared said, Mike Rabel has shown once again how he is such a great coach, and he's his adaptability to preparing for different teams is just so great because he he he's that mix of uh, when you find a player coach and a plays coach where. Or no, he's not. He he's not really a plays coach, but he he's one of the best player player coaches in the game right now. Where he is just so close with his players, and he can talk to them and be so straight up with them. But also, being 
he just creates he has created such a great culture with the Titans where even they can have injuries and yet they're just so di- uh so great still. They like I don't know what he says in the locker room, but I just want to hear it so I can run through a wall because it it seems like he he gets his team prepared love, every week saying. week in and week out because I just I don't know what it is because I don't, I never thought the Titans were gonna come out come away with the win here, but they they came with came out with a win and in a great fashion too. The only problem is Peterson doesn't he looks like a great placeholder, but he doesn't add too much promise because you're from such a big loss of Derrick Henry to now Adrian Peterson, you can clearly see the impact uh, depletion there. But Tannehill showed up. He stepped up. He he showed once again why he's still a really great QB, and he can get his his get the ball thrown out to all those uh, amazing players on that wide receiver court because AJ Brown had a great game. Julio Jones had a great game, and I just think times are as the times are now the first number one seed in the AFC. Who would have thought that coming into Week Ten, going into Week Ten, who would have thought the Titans were going to be the best team in the AFC? But you know. This is just the halfway point in the halfway point of the season, and it's only going to change from here on out, week in and week out. So I'm confident in the Titans. I want to see them. I want to see how they go next week and onwards. But I, I still, I just, uh, I don't, I, I don't know too much about them where I can just be like, yeah, I, I still believe that Ravens are a better team than them. Yeah, I think Mike Vrabel may end up winning Coach of the Year. There's a lot. There's a lot of good guys, but. If they can rattle off like 11 wins this year and half of them are going to be without Derrick Henry, I really think that they can win or that he can win coach of the year because he's been great for however long he's been there. Uh, All right, so now going into Monday Night Football, the last game of the week. This game is a lot more entertaining than I thought it would be. The the Steelers end up beating the Bears 29-27. This was a very entertaining game. Like I said, I think that Justin Fields actually looked pretty solid. And I actually think that Ben Roethlisberger didn't even play that bad. He had some really weird throws. Um, but, yeah, the Steelers are now sitting at 5-3. and three. The Bears are at 3-6. and six. Um, I think the Bears' offense is very awful, although I think Fields actually played well. He was dotting up a, a lot of his receivers, like Cole Komet, Allen Robinson, were, uh, both had really good games. Darnell Mooney, too. Um, all of them played really well. So, I, I mean – the Bears have always just been I, – I think that the, it's kind of the same thing with the Vikings. They just need a new coach. And the Steelers – the Steelers have a bunch of their own problems, but they ended up capitalizing on a team that's not very good. And they also almost lost this game too, even with the refs being pretty against the Bears. But, yeah, this was a this was a pretty entertaining game. Uh, Pat Fryermuth was really involved for Pittsburgh, which I like to see because I think he's a really good tight end. He was really good at blocking too for – Najee Harris and on a bunch of end arounds too for the other Steelers receivers. But um, yeah, I don't really think that the Steelers are a huge threat. They may end up sneaking into the playoffs because their defense is just going to win them some games, but I don't think that they're anything crazy. Yeah. No, the one big, big thing for me, this game was definitely the refs and how they kind of just sold the bears. Cause like uh, two things that got it, that kind of concerned me was that, who was number 59 on the Bears? Because it was like it involved him twice. Uh, Cassius Marsh. Yeah, because yeah. one time he was just walking past the ref, and I think it looked like the ref like intentionally walked into him just to give, give him a flag. So that was kind of bullshit. Yep. And then the uh, the taunting call where Roquan Smith kind of was just like hyping him up because I don't know what happened. They got like a fourth down stop or something. And that was a taunting call. He was just like hyping him up. Like they're just celebrating. Like, why can't they do that? 
Taunting it's, is the worst thing to happen to football. It's such bullshit. It's awful. Like, yeah, like, I, I remember it was, like, an Oklahoma State guy or something. He, like, he was he was literally in the end zone. He looked back to see if there's anyone back there, and that was a taunting. Like, yeah. It, taunting is so bullshit. It's such a soft league, and it's awful. Like, come on. You're not allowed to celebrate? It's ridiculous. But besides that, I mean, I thought David Montgomery was going to be limited because he just came off injury, but he literally had the bulk of the carries with 13. So, I mean, I I didn't like that they were kind of working him in immediately, but he seems to be fine. So, I mean, they I guess they know what they're doing. But, I don't know, yeah. Um, still, the, this is a very defensive game, even though it was 29-27. Like, both defenses are pretty good. And one thing that bothers me is that, like, was Cleo Mack hurt? Yeah, Khalil Mack didn't play in this game or last week, which I didn't know. Like Khalil Mack to me is just one of those like superstars that like no one like like has up there. Like no one like really like oh I agree pays attention to him. And it's like I, I feel like it's kind of annoying because he's definitely a really good player, but people kind of just like phase him out because like he just doesn't he doesn't have like that much of an impact anymore on the Bears team. I don't think it just he doesn't seem like he's like that X factor anymore, which sucks. But I don't know, that's what it seems like to be. But. Obviously, in, in standard Pittsburgh fashion, Najee Harris had 22 carries. Deontay Johnson had uh, tied with leading receptions with Pat Fryermuth, who, yeah, we love Pat Fryermuth. So, but obviously, Deontay Johnson gets the bulk of the uh, receptions. And so, a typical Steelers fashion, It bo- still boring offense, but it, this was a pretty interesting game, in my opinion. Just the refs really fucked the Bears up. Yeah, and, and typical Steelers fashion, Big Ben tried to sell the game uh, at the – at, in the fourth quarter, but the refs kind of just held them in there. They were like, I got you. I got you, Mike Tomlin. Yeah. I got you. I got you, Heinz Stadium. Uh, uh, I was kind of laughing when Big Ben did like that one-yard run. I don't know why. Oh, it just yeah. didn't seem to. It was so stupid. It was great, though. Uh, I, I just want to say about this game, it wasn't really – it's great to see David Montgomery's back. He was, he was solid for whatever carries that he was in, but it was this – this was a this is a game that the Bears can be uh, happy about, I guess, in some fashion because Justin Fields uh, showed that he's he should still be the starter for the Bears. He had a great outing, and I think what they really lack is just play calling. I just think they just should have better play calling, and that O line is just so bad. It's it's and. There there, arises another problem because they don't have a first-round pick. So where do you go from here? Do you trade A-Rob for a first-rounder to get a – You're not getting a first-rounder. He's, no, no. Okay. he's going to go to free agency because okay. his contract – Oh, yeah, so. he is gone. Yeah. Yeah, so, I, yeah, so clearly the Bears are going to go into rebuild and they don't even have that many picks. So Wait, can you – you can't franchise someone two years in a row, right? No, you can but so not three years. He's not going to agree. He's not going to no. sign it. Yeah, no, but you, you can't refuse a franchise tag. I don't think. Uh, I don't really remember how it works. Yeah. If, if the bears franchise tag him, they're in, they're fucked. Like no one should like the bears. A Rob needs, then you need to free a Rob. Yeah. So I think, I mean, there wasn't really too many takeaways from this game. It was just like a, okay. Type game. But I think, I think the Bear, the Steelers should be actually worried about how how they just decide not to – or how, like, everyone is just easily able to target Big Ben and know that if he's standing in the pocket, he is literally immobile. So, hopefully the – hopefully uh, more teams can see that and capitalize on that and 
prove that the Steelers are pretenders and not actual contenders for playoffs. All right, so that's going to do it for us here at the Route Runners Podcast. Follow us on Instagram at Route Runners Pod. We're going to be pushing out content all the time, showing our picks, our progress each and every week, uh, and me being really bad at it. So that's always cool uh, to see um, for the fans. We're going to be doing polls on all the primetime games and all the NFL games and picks. So that's going to be really fun. We got a lot of stuff going on on the Instagram and for the future. Uh, some special guests will be in the future too for us, which is going to be cool. So, yeah, that'll do it for us uh, on the podcast. Again, follow on Instagram at Route Runners Pod. And uh, thank you, everyone. We will see you next time. Thank you. Yeah.